Talks podcast is brought to you today by Premier Official Spotlight. Advertising can be expensive. TV, radio, online, and even public transportation ads can cost more than some business owners want to pay. And when you buy social media ads, people can just scroll right by. Premier Official Spotlight offers a great way to get your company in front of a wide variety of customers in a place where they have no choice but to pay attention. We offer video and banner style advertising that's displayed on screens inside rideshare vehicles driven for services like Uber and Lyft. We have ad placement packages to suit any budget. Ready to give your advertising a spotlight? Visit us at www.pospotlight.com. That's pospotlight.com. Welcome to another episode of Transparency Talks Podcast. Listen, today we have an amazing story, an amazing person that is going to tell you some great things. Her name is Cherie Cannon, and she is the owner of Creative Called Marketing and the creator of BAM Business Academy. How are you doing today, Cherie? I'm doing well. How are you doing, brother? You know, I'm doing really good. This, it, it's, it's a beautiful day, and we are on this side of the earth, so I can't complain at all. Hey, yeah, that's true. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> so I was reading over your bio, and I'm just in awe with everything that you have going on. Can you give our listeners a background about yourself? Uh, sure. I mean, it's, that's a lot. I mean, <laughs> it feels like I have <laughs> 50 million backgrounds to give you. Um Basically, like in in a nugget, just I'm someone who I'm an I'm an accidental entrepreneur. Um, I'm a mother of of five kids, five beautiful children. Um, I am completely southern. I love. I don't know why I love Texas so much. I don't know why, cause, but I do. So I'm I'm, I'm completely southern. I'm married to a man from from Georgia and I love Georgia now um and just I've been through a lot I've been through homelessness um domestic abuse and I've lost two children in my in my in my background story and uh I have a burning passion to help black owned businesses um to I just like as I said I just I'm rooting for everybody black I just want to see us 
succeed and um, excel in ways that, I mean, we we are already blowing people's minds, but just to even blow them further, just, <laughs> just, just to just do big things. So that's me in a nutshell. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna dive in a little bit more into your background. So um, you just mentioned the fact that you was in an abusive relationship and mm-hmm. that you was homeless. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. happened, and when did you find <laughs> the courage to actually leave? Uh, okay, so yeah, I mean, I. I was young, um, and I had I had gotten pregnant out of college, and the college I was going to was a it was a Christian university, and I was going there. I had a full scholarship for music, I was a vocal uh, performance major, and um, when they found out that I was pregnant. They were like, okay, well, you can't sing in the choir anymore. We can't have you. Because they would go to churches and stuff like that. So they didn't want this, you know, young. I was a young adult. I wasn't a teenager. But this young person who was not married, they didn't want them, you know, singing in the choir. That's just, you know, how those Christian colleges are. So (laughs) I had a decision to make. I was just like, am I going to, am I going to stay and try to do this without Am I going to try to find a different major? What was going to happen? Anyway, I ended up leaving college. After that, I met this guy, and this is when it wasn't really, like now it's like, oh, well, we met over the internet. Well, <laughs> everybody was, nobody was really doing that. They were still kind of like, mm, girl, I don't know what you're doing meeting people over the internet. <laughs> but um, I, I really had, I had pause. Um, and someone that I trusted actually talked me into um giving the relationship a try and I didn't really see the warning signs um he was he he was uh he was a malignant narcissist actually just and very controlling and um all I could see was I didn't want to be a statistic you know being I was raised in this Christian household and I saw and I heard the things that people said you know, about, oh, well, she got pregnant out of wedlock, or she did blah, blah, this, and, you know, just narrow-minded thinking about people and, and people's circumstances and just judgmental ways of thinking. And I didn't want to be the target of that kind of just ignorant talk. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, this will be my ticket. This guy, he was flying down from New York. He would always, you know, just shower me with gifts. Um, he was living a lifestyle that... I was just like, well, this would be good for me and my new kid that's coming. I can, you know, I can take care of him and this will be good. I won't be a statistic. And uh, it was just, it was really bad. What prompted me to leave is um, I got pregnant again with my second kid, uh, Jonathan. And he was born with, um, he was born with, he was born with end-stage renal disease. He did not have any functioning kidneys from the get-go. Um, and so I had to learn how to do dialysis on him for like eight hours a day. This is where my entrepreneur, my accidental entrepreneur comes in because it couldn't work. But before all that, uh, dude, old dude that was his dad didn't learn how to do, wouldn't learn 
how to take care of Jonathan. Um, and still, you know, we're having these fights. And there was one time where he was choking me against the wall. And my older son saw it. And I, something in me was like, I can't have my son seeing that this is the way he should treat women or that this is how relationships should ever be. Um, and so something just within me, and old dude was like, he was telling me that he wasn't, if I had left him, he wasn't going to, you know, you know, pay child support or anything for Jonathan, that John, he wouldn't claim Jonathan as his kid and all this. So anyway, um, after all that, I devised a plan. I always had to go to the hospital. Uh, Jonathan always had to go to the hospital for dialysis treatments and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I called the um, the social worker and let her know what was going on. And they came and picked me up this time instead of him taking me. They just said they were going to come pick me up. I can't remember how we got around that. It was such a long time ago. But he was so possessive, so controlling. I remember he would, like, take the home phone out of the apartment so that I couldn't call people. He made sure I couldn't use my cell phone. Um, it was just very isolating. But I can't remember, but the, the social worker did come get me, um, and we all went to the hospital. And um, they did, like, this. The screening, this testing to see if I really was uh, being abused. I guess women lie or something. I don't believe that, but they screen you, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you you've been abused. We're gonna. There's no room in any of the um, the shelters that we have for you know um, abused women. So we have to. They put me and our two my, my two boys in this halfway house. This thing that was. I created for people who are um, uh, either homeless or either they were um, they were uh, coming off of drugs. So it wasn't a great place for us to be. And I seriously thought about going back to the situation just so that my boys would be, because he wasn't abusing them, he was abusing me. So in a situation where they would have a better, because it was just really nasty and I had to do dialysis, which requires a very clean environment um but thankfully the the hospital got word about where i was and um moved me over to the ronald mcdonald house there um where i was living and so we stayed there for a good while ann smith founder of the clear her name movement talks about her mission to save her daughter if you want justice for yourself or for someone you know, join the Clear Her Name movement and receive the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Follow Ann Smith at Ann Smith Official on Instagram for more information on the movement and giveaway. Visit her today at www.annsmithofficial.com. Once again, that's www.annsmithofficial.com. So we're going to take a pause for the cause. This is my single, Sunshine. Hello, sunshine. Good day. Nice to see you. You. I look out the window and I see 
again to our sponsor, Ann Smith, founder of the Clear Her Name movement. Visit her today at www.annsmithofficial.com. I had, I had nothing. I left everything. Um, I just packed up a few boxes. Um, we got back to the apartment, took us back to the apartment so that I could, while well, he was, I think he was taking, he was taking some classes at the time. And um, 
pack up some some things to make sure I had clothes for the kids and um, John's medical stuff that he needed. And I think I might have like two changes of clothes and uh, lived in the Ronald McDonald house for a while until I could find some place for us to be. Um, so yeah, that was, that's how I left. Just thinking about, I didn't want my son to, to grow up thinking that that's how relationships were supposed to be. That that's how life had to be and that's how he, you know, should treat a woman at any time. Should never treat a woman that way. Wow, that is an amazing story that you had the strength to say enough is enough. And, you know, because there's so many people that don't make it out of that type of situation. And um, I'm very glad Mm -hmm. to know that you made that conscious decision to get out of there and and not let that be your life anymore. Um, It took a lot of sacrifice from you. I'm positive of that. You know, I'm a mother as well, so <laughs> I could not imagine all that you had to endure, but I can tell that you have a lot of strength behind you. So I commend you for fleeing and doing what yeah. you had to do to get on top. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had no family there either. It was just, <laughs> that's all God for me. I was just, you know, and at that time... I, we had been raised by our grandparents and while I was um, fleeing from all that unbeknownst to me my grandmother was getting really sick and um, we were trying to I was trying to get back to Texas so that she could see you know her new great-grandchild and um, she ended up dying after our transition to the Ronald McDonald house so that was you know we flew (laughs) My my family flew me back to Texas with my two boys after she passed away, and no one knew that I had no, you know, I I was essentially homeless. Like I was just kind of waiting out to see. And when you leave the Ronald McDonald House, they give your room away because it's not meant for that situation that I was in. It's just meant for if you have a child and you're, you know, coming to a hospital, you know, for surgery, mm-hmm. um, you stay for, you know, that day or two. You know, I was there for a good month and a half. Um, And so, and and not making any money because just living off of Social Security because I couldn't Mm -hmm. work. And that was dialysis. So we flew there and I I wouldn't tell my, I didn't tell my family anything. I was so embarrassed. I didn't tell them that they were right about this man. And I didn't tell them that, you know, I need to come back and, and live. I was just like, the whole time we're flying back to Texas, I'm thinking, God, you know, I left this man. I'm trying to do what's right by my children. If this is, if I'm doing the right thing, please, when I get back to New York, please let us have a place at the one McDonald House when we come back. And we did. We, in fact, we got a bigger room. We got the biggest suite in the whole, in the whole one McDonald House when we came back. Wow. And so it, it was, you know, it was a blessing. Okay, so you go back to New York. Mm-hmm. after burying your grandmother and mm-hmm. then how did you get on your feet so no one does anything by themselves um, I mean you can be scrappy you can be strong very resourceful you can be resilient 
But you got to know that there are little helpers along the way, always. You know, I'm, I'm always wary if someone says, well, I did this. I did this on my own. No, you had some helpers somewhere. And you have to be strong, too, to reach out for help. And so the I, I reached out to a cousin of mine. We had had a falling out, actually, and um, weren't really on great speaking terms. But I had reached out to them um, and let them know that, hey, I don't want you telling people this, but, you know, me and my kids, we're homeless right now, and I need to get back to Texas. And I was really, really worried about what they were going to say, but the power of family. <laughs> my cousin was just like, I don't know why you even calling me to ask me this. You need to go ahead and get on a plane and come here now. And the crazy thing about that is they had just moved to Texas. Um, they they were living in Florida, and they thought they would never, ever be coming back to Texas. They loved Florida. Florida had built them a house, everything. And, um, you know, just that it was the, the amazing timing of things that at that very moment they had moved. Um, I'm in Houston. They had moved to Houston where I needed to be, Texas Children's, by Texas Children's area so that, you know, I, I, you know, I picked, packed my kids up and we flew on back to Texas and began our life in Houston. So that's how I got back and uh, stayed in the house. Now, this was around the time close to when um, uh, Louisiana, you know, flooded and people were out of homes. Um, and so my, my initial plan was, OK, I'm going to I'm going to move to Houston. I'm going to try to find me something it may not be you know it's not going to be a job that is going to pay me not nearly what I need but you know I was, I was banking on you know section eight or something to help me with just making sure I had a home for my boys mm-hmm. and so what meant to be for me just staying there a couple months at my cousin's house ended up being a year um, because of what happened in Louisiana everything was shut down and there was no resources and so um, but eventually, eventually, you know, moved into uh, our our own little town home, and you know, that's yeah, that's how I got on my feet, or started started getting on my feet. Wow, I could imagine, you know, with you having to get your son on dialysis. I don't know if that's daily or anything, but day, I could it imagine was every that it day, was, eight hours daily. Yeah, I could mm-hmm. imagine that would be hard to maintain you know, jobs and everything. So what did you do? You you ended up leaving your nine to five and you started looking into network marketing, correct? Um, yeah. I mean, I wasn't looking into network marketing because that's just not really my bag. I mean, it could be for other people, but it, was, it just wasn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm one that will try, right? I was just mm-hmm. like, Sheree, you're going to suck it up. And so, um, you know, in the circles that I was traveling around, you know, Mary Kay was big. And so, you know, um, a woman that I, that I, I love dearly, and she's been a good friend of, of, of mine, and I love her daughter. And she was just like, hey, you should try Mary Kay, right? You should, mm-hmm. you, you always do your makeup so well and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, I'll try it. But, but, uh, look, there was like 50 million <laughs> Mary Kay consultants. I was one like, of the Mary Kay consultants. <laughs> <laughs> you were one of the ones I had to compete against. Like 50 million of them just like floating around all the, you know, floating around mm-hmm. the interwebs, you know, and, 
and at church and all that kind of stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that began my journey of marketing because I was just like, how are people differentiating themselves from every other Mary Kay consultant? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you different? Mm-hmm. You selling the same, you pushing the same lipstick, the same eyeshadow, the same this, the same that, that they push. Mm-hmm. So it really opened my eyes to marketing and, and differentiating. How do, how do you differentiate yourself you know, from all these other MLM, you know, businesses or affiliates or associates, whatever you want to call yourself. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, the, the, the party bag wasn't for me. I mean, I tried, Mar- I tried uh, Mary Kay, I think Zapata, uh, I think there was a, a be- some the beauty, some, I can't remember what that was called, but <laughs> there was a couple of them. And, <laughs> and just realized that, no, this kind of, money-making bag is not for me like there's mm-hmm. I'm very creative so that's that's um I quickly moved away from from uh, network marketing and MLM I say quickly so but it wasn't as quick as it should have been I, I lost way too much money <laughs> yeah yeah I understand completely so is that when you decided to create your own company creative call marketing so yeah I mean um I was, again, I was still doing dialysis eight hours a day uh, on, mm-hmm. on Jonathan. He didn't, he didn't get a transplant until he was four. So I couldn't very well just be like not working for four years. You can't do that. You, you, have, you have to be able to support your family. Um, right. And so in my same, in, in the circles that was, the circle changed. And now I was a homebound caregiver. So my circle changed. Um, and, um, and I had to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to bring consistent money? Mary Kay is not consistent money. Uh, you know, all these network marketing affiliate things, that's not consistent money, if any kind of money. Um, and so, you know, in the early 2000s, telecommuting was not something that was well known and widespread. And I had found out, I think, through... I used to work for a company called West and they had dabbled or they do telecommuting. And I saw these other companies that offered telecommuting. I was like, this is cool. Whatever this telecommuting, you know, stuff is, uh, where I could, you know, work from home and actually do a job from, from, you know, from my home while my son is here and get paid like a regular job, like a regular nine to five. Okay. This, this might work. And so I, uh, got hired and, you know, learn the ins and outs of how to uh, market myself in a way where I would be desirable as an employee for to be a telemarketer, not telemarketer, but telecommuter. Telemarketing something else, telecommuting. <laughs> and so, um, you know, after learning that, that's I started teaching other, uh, you know, stay-at-home parents who, you know, either were doing it by choice, but majority, like I said, my circle, the, the group that I was in, they weren't doing it by choice. It was just out of necessity and teaching them, you know, okay, this is how your resume should be. Uh, it'd be great if you had, a, you know, an online resume, um, making sure that people can assess, you know, easily find you and access you if needed. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how Creative Call Marketing was born. Um, you know, learning how to do websites and coding and graphic design, um, that just kind of exploded because 
I, did, I love the creative side of stuff. And so just that's mm-hmm. what the name Creative Call just felt like. It was a calling to help people um, mm-hmm. that needed, you know, needed my services. So We're going to take another pause for the calls. This is my friend India Sean and Anderson Pack. Did Bam Business Academy start? 
and tell us about BAM Business Academy. Cool, cool. So BAM Business Academy started actually after um, uh, BAM, I have a, a thing called BAM Black Friday Market. And so mm-hmm. BAM Black Friday Market started actually in 2016 is when it was launched. It was born, though, out of 2015, uh, kind of a, a sad story, but I'm going to tell it anyway in, in the most upbeat way I can tell that one of my friends or two of my friends were taking me to this a, to a holiday market here in Houston called the Nutcracker Market. I've never mm-hmm. been here, been to the Nutcracker Market, been in Houston for about 13 years then, and uh, hadn't been, hadn't been it. And so they were trying to cheer me up, and I saw all these, you know, black people walking around in the market, and I was like, it was really cool. The way they have it set up, it's, you know, it, it supports the uh, Houston Ballet. I mean, it is mm-hmm. it's a big deal. And I remember picking up uh, an ornament, looking at this ornament, and this ornament had these, you know, cute white children on it, rosy cheeks. And I was like, oh, this is a pretty ornament. Maybe, you know, I can paint here and here and make it, you know, look more like some black children. And then I just got Mm -hmm. really pissed off. I was just like, (laughs) why do I have to paint an ornament to reflect my family? Where are the Mm -hmm. black vendors in this thing? (laughs) And, uh... I just, I just paused. I just stopped. In fact, I put the ornament down and I just sat down. I didn't, I didn't want to do any more shopping because I didn't see any black owned businesses, no black vendors. Um, and I was just like, yeah, all these black people are spending this money, but none of it's going to a black owned business. No one, none of it's going to go to help, you know, support a black family. And, uh, I just sat there and people watched. And, uh, by the time we left, I was telling my friends like, Hey, I said, you know, I think I should do a market like this, but for black-owned businesses. And these are two white women that actually took me. <laughs> um, and so they were very receptive. It was unlike the, unlike the type of reception I would be getting when I started venturing into some of these vendor groups online. That was a whole different type of uh, reception, very negative. But they were receptive to it. Um, and so when I was trying to build that out, I noticed that a lot of the black-owned businesses that I was talking to, um, that I was attracting, um, and these were all in different circles, like different black, you know, business groups and stuff like that. So it wasn't like the same type of black business groups, but I just noticed the pattern that many of them were running their business um, like a hobby and not uh-huh. like a business. Um, and so that impeded in some of the things as, as far as what they could do and just the professionalism that they um, were bringing to the table. You know, um, it was some of it. No, of course not all of it. There's, there's black-owned businesses, they shine. So I don't want anybody listening to this and be like, oh, she thinks all black business. No, I call it the black lack effect. So many people think that, you know, black-owned businesses, lack professionalism or lack quality in products and, uh, products and services and all that kind of mess. And that's just not true. Some do, but just like some white businesses do. So, right. um, but I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. But yeah, so when I was seeing, when I was seeing that, I was like, hey, there needs to be some type of business, um, some type of, uh, of instruction that only caters to black-owned businesses. Um, in a way that is relatable and fun and you're not sitting up there being bored to death 
Uh, you're not sitting up there, you know, having someone, you know, shoot long, big words at you to show how smart they are and how dumb you are. You are, you know, you mm-hmm. don't need any of that. You just need something where a black-owned business can can come, learn, and grow, and and enjoy it while they're doing it, right? You know, mm-hmm. and a place where it's not going to exude neg- negativity. You know, everybody comes in their own. Everybody's in their own um, journey of growth. So if you're not at my level, I'm not going to knock you for that just as long as you're growing. And if, you know, I may not be at your level. Just don't knock me if I'm not, you know, while I'm still growing. I think a lot of people get knocked, you know, while they're still growing. Um, So just something that focuses on business side of things um, and it makes it fun and relatable. So that's how Ben Business Academy came, came about because of what I was when I was trying to start the damn Black Friday market, what I was coming across. Don't miss the 2020 BAM Black Friday market. This free event runs from Black Friday, November 27th to Cyber Monday, November 30th. Attendees will be able to grab exclusive holiday discounts from their favorite black and melanated owned businesses or find new ones on this dedicated virtual expo platform. In addition to shopping, there will be talks and sessions held by successful black entrepreneurs on Small Business Saturday. The BAM Black Friday Market is a family-friendly event with something for everyone, including virtual sessions with Santa all at the number one Black-owned business holiday event of the year. Visit them today at BAMMKT.com forward slash shop. Once again, that's BAMMKT.com forward slash shop. My name is Amatiel Sativa. Taking another pause for the cause. I hereby make a conscious Give us some love to my Nambi family. An endeavor. You are now a Matiellians, and we gon' ride. Mount up, babe. Go to work. Heat work. Uh, heat work. I'ma buy my nails. Keep my up out of jail. I'ma do my hair. He got a nicer dairy air. He was stallion on the man. I'ma boss is played.
gon' get your dodo. You gon' raise up out the rubble. You gon' shave off that stubble. You gon' quit blowing bubbles. We gon' rock this natural hair, screaming thanks for the trouble. I'm too tracking, but I still get galactic. My flow so super dope, no shade, no static. For sure, for sure, for sure. You gon' learn my name. I'ma spell it for you till I blow out the frame. Kind of slide that you can slide on, but you won't think about it because I'm sexy and your thoughts gonna be gone. Say, I'm not the kind of slide that you can slide on, but you won't think about it because I'm sexy and your thoughts gonna be gone. Thanks again to our sponsors, BAM, Black Friday Market. Visit them November 27th through November 30th for some amazing deals. Visit them today at BAMMKT.com forward slash shop. BAM, Black Friday Market. You have an event coming up and, and it looks like you was, you've been trying to get this event happening for a good oh minute but everything happens yes. at its own timing you do know that right so it's meant for it to happen now <laughs> <laughs> you say that so easily brother you say that so easily <laughs> well I, I, mean, I throw events all the time and I and I get it when when it don't come when you we want things immediately especially when we have ideas I'm a very creative person as well and so yeah. when you have this idea and you want to get it out there and you plan for it and everything and then something happens you're like oh my god and then you have to hit the reset button and wait wait until it's the perfect time and to do it so you've had to push this date back multiple times right right but now it's time (laughs) yeah now it's time i mean Yeah, I, I was talking to one of my friends who's an event planner, and she was telling me that event planning is in the top five of stressful jobs. You hear top five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe it. I've mm-hmm. never felt like I, I love what I'm doing, but at the same time, you know, just want to go throw myself off a bridge. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like, <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, event planning is no joke. You got to be bad about it to do some event planning. Yeah, you do. Um. But yeah, it's it's been it's been coming for a minute. Um, but you know, with COVID and you know doing doing the virtual, doing we're doing it virtual, and I think that mm-hmm. you know it's just the responsible thing to do. I know there's lots of pop up shops still happening. Um, there's lots of events still happening that are face to face. But I just I I just wouldn't feel for me it would be something that would be um, responsible on my part. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, we did it. We did it virtual. It's, a, it's on a dedicated virtual platform for expos. Mm-hmm. So meaning mm-hmm. there's, there, are, there are booths, you know, set up, virtual booths, um, and people can just roam around like you would. You can, you know, on this platform, you can go to the stage area, the reception area, there's the expo area, there's network area. You know, there's all these, there's, there's areas and rooms for talks. So mm-hmm. it's it's built to mimic a, a expo um, as much as possible, face to face expo as much as possible. So okay, so how do black business owners get on board if they want to participate, and how do people that want to purchase 
and go to these different expos and everything do that and what all are they selling okay so if you want to participate um i mean now is it's a little bit hairy i mean it's just too close to be sign up to be a vendor now uh, but next year we got you next year we got you <laughs> you can go to uh you can go to uh black friday.thebammarket.com um and that will give you more information about you know um participating um if you just want to go you know get a, t- a ticket now it's free it's actually free to shop the market there's you don't have to pay at all to shop the market it's free mm-hmm. um and so to to get a ticket you know um you you can just go to um bam so b-a-m-m-k-t dot com slash shop and that's going to take you and uh show you the the, the free general admission ticket where you can just roam around the uh, booths and they have, they're selling everything. The vendors that we have right now, um, everything from, you know, uh, services that teach you um, uh, uh, branding um, or uh, focusing on your, I can't remember what she does. I think she focuses on your, your why and building your business, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kind of services all the way to like if you're buying jewelry or clothing, shoes, um, hair care, skin products, um, pet treats. We have one for pet treats. Um, so there's there's a variety of different booths um, that you can, it just depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for services for your business, if you're looking for, you know, just stuff to make you smell good or your skin, you know, you know, put something on that dry, ashy skin you got, something like that. <laughs> you can, <laughs> you, can uh, you can find it there. So, um, but again, free, it's free to, to shop. There are also some paid options. Um, if you, they, uh, our, our vendors are um, electing to do giveaways. So we'll be drawing giveaways every hour. And there's some really good things. Like there's one that's like a $100 value. Uh, we have a Black Santa there. And I think he's doing a giveaway where you can uh, get, um, uh, I can't remember what, if it's, a, if it's a meeting with Black Santa on New Year's, I mean, not New Year's, but Christmas Eve, or some kind of session, some kind of virtual session with Black Santa um, that your child can do. And there's some other things um, that they're doing and giving away, um, you know, different types of T-shirts, different types of uh, uh, handbags and shoes, those types of things. So um, that ticket is paid. It's one time, of course, $29 uh, to get a ticket where you're entered into um, all the gift giveaways that these vendors are doing, so you have a chance to win uh, every hour. So that, I think that's pretty awesome value. Then you also have um, Small Business Saturday. They're doing talks. Uh, we have some entrepreneurs uh, talking about branding, talking about um, their first year of entrepreneurship and what they've learned. Um, business burnout, that's one of the one I'm looking forward to. Um, so talk, she's, she's given a talk about burnout and, and how to, to heal amid uh, racial tension uh, and being a black-owned business. Uh, and, and so, it, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, to what this finally, <laughs> this final launch, mm-hmm. finally is launching, you know, after four years of trying to get it out the door. Will you also be doing a session? 
I will be doing a session. I'm going to talk about... What is your um, session? <laughs> my session is called We're All Infected. And okay. uh, it's not talking about COVID. It's talking about um, the effects of white supremacy uh, and how we relate to one another, and especially with black-owned businesses. Um, you know, one of the things that's really a pet peeve of mine is that you never, you know, you never hear a white person say, well, that's why I don't support white-owned businesses, or a Hispanic say, that's why I don't support Hispanic-owned businesses, or Asians say, you know, I never support Asian-owned businesses. That is just, they don't do that. But we, as black folks, you will hear a black person say, that's why I don't support black-owned businesses. And that's mm-hmm. just one of the, the, you know, one of the symptoms that comes with this infection of white supremacy that we're dealing with. Okay. So what is your dream or plan for the band Black Friday market outside of it being virtual? Or do you want to keep it virtual? Or, or are you <laughs> planning on actually a physical building? Well, beforehand, in 2016, it was supposed to be in a physical building, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I don't, I don't mind it being a hybrid event. Um, I may do keep some virtual aspects, aspects of it. I believe that um, having events that are accessible for every black-owned business, no matter what stage they are, whether they're a startup and they don't have the money to be flying somewhere to be a part of the event, but they want to be a part of the event, I believe that I should be able to make it available for them to do that. So there will be a virtual aspect of it always. I, th- I think this is one of the most accessible ways. But um, being hybrid as well, I don't, I don't mind finding a black, you know, black event hall. Um, in, in 2016, I had, I had booked a, a, a black event hall um, for the market. But, you know, crap happens. And um, we didn't launch that year. Um, but, you know, face-to-face is something. You can't replace being, being at a place, like being around, just being surrounded by people who are sharing your same interests um, physically. That physical aspect to it is, is powerful. So you can't replace that with, with whatever, no matter how awesome, uh, awesome a virtual platform is, you can't, you know, you can't replace the, the physical aspect and the power of being somewhere where there's so many people who are sharing the same ideas and same goals that you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, I also see that you're the host of Entre, Entre Hero Summit. <laughs> Entre Hero Summit. Yes, Entre Hero Summit. Tell us about mm-hmm. that. I, I, I like the name Entre, Entre Hero Summit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Entre Hero. I, I firmly believe, like, seriously, black businesses are the, they are the heroes of the black community. And we just, we do not get the love that we deserve. We just don't. But we are the black, we are the heroes of the of the black community, and so yeah, Entrepreneur Summit, um, it is it is for um, people who are looking to start a business, uh, you know, people who are looking to network with other business owners. Um, it is just you know a, a weekend event where you, you hear you know people who are successful black business owners who are successful bring talks, bring workshops where you can get, you know, some information that is not going to be something you have to search through, through YouTube or something like that, or pay, you know, $50 million, 
that's not even a real number, but you know what I mean. I'm exaggerating, but you don't have to pay. <laughs> you don't have to pay an arm, leg, and a kidney, you know, to learn some stuff, and you know, and get some knowledge and, and help you grow and, you know, move your business in the direction that you want to move it. Uh, so that's, that's going to be held in June. Okay. It's going to be held in June. Is it going to be virtually or do you, are you interested yes. in it to have it at a location? Mm-mm. No, this year it's, it's going to be held virtually. Um, next year it might be a different story, but uh, or this coming year in 2021, June, it's going to be virtual. Um, okay. I just, I just, I, I don't know what the aspects of COVID is going to be by then. And, mm-hmm. uh, it seems like everybody doesn't, doesn't know what the aspects of COVID is going to be by then. <laughs> yeah, you ain't drinking so, too late, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, not. So yeah, I just, you know, rather be safe. Sorry. And, uh, if, right. if I have any control over it, it's just going to be virtual for right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so once again, tell everybody how long the Black Market, the Black Friday Market is going to be going on and how they can register and all of the other juicy details. Okay, cool, cool. So again, uh, Black Friday Market is uh, the 2020 BAM Black Friday Market is going to be held um, from November 27th to November 30th. Um, That's uh, Black Friday um, through Cyber Monday and it's again going to be on a virtual platform that's dedicated for expos and trade shows you're not it's not like you're logging into some kind of zoom <laughs> room this is this is something where you're logging in and you are being a part of you know an expo and it's built for that um, they can register um, just go to um, just go to BAM so B A M M R uh, not M M sorry scratch that B A M M K T dot com backslash shop and that's how you register for the uh, tickets um, and again it's free you don't have to pay anything to shop the market unless you want to if you want to be part of the giveaways you want to get in there and try to win some things and there's some very uh, nice things that these vendors are putting up uh, and get for the giveaway. So if you want to do that, uh, you can register for a ticket that's twenty nine ninety nine. Um, but other than that, if, you, if you're just happy with shopping around, it's free. Okay. Well, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story. I, I know that my listeners are going to be very encouraged by everything that you had to overcome. I am very sorry about the loss of your child. Oh, I didn't even bring that up, did I? Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was last year. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah. Very sorry to hear that. Yeah. But yeah. thank you. You I have an amazing it. story of, of, of strength, and I'm personally in awe of your story and how you, you use that to fuel yourself and to make a change. And, and now you are helping other people, you know, so yeah. I, I appreciate I appreciate you. <laughs> With all of that being said, I would like to thank you for being a part of Transparency Talks podcast. I'm gonna keep you on the phone real quick, but we're gonna say goodbye to our listeners. So all our listeners out there in the UK, <laughs> in Italy, over in Africa, of course, USA and Canada. Talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs> I hope you guys have enjoyed this edition of Transparency Talks Podcast. 
This beautiful soul is Miss Erica Dawson, my friend, out of Atlanta. This is deserving, everybody. Lately I had to fall back. Lost myself at first, it was all bad. Finally escaped from a dark past. All that hurt and pain was holding me back. Ooh, all these different phases. So many trials and tribulations. Oh, broken in different places. In a different space, no more work, cause I. Protected. A different pattern, I'm ready for my best friend Authentic love, don't want a second guess it I fall, hope you're ready to catch me All these different phases So many trials and tribulations oh, Broken in different places In a different space, no more work cause I Thanks again to our sponsors at Premier Official Spotlight. Visit them today at pospotlight.com. Again, that's pospotlight.com. <laughs>